Good morning and welcome to our service at Brighton Road Baptist Church. May God bless you as you share with us in worship. Sometimes you look at the world and it seems that all you can see is pain and confusion, fear, hatred. It's all bad news. It catches our attention and we don't so easily detect the presence of God in the world. But the Lord is always with us. He's guiding, he's rescuing, he's healing, he's restoring us. This morning we're going to take some time to be still, to be quiet, to become aware of the presence of the living God. He's with you wherever you are, whatever you face, right here, right now, with you, for you, God, your creator, your redeemer, your saviour. So let's um, express the security that we have in him in the words of the song, loved before the dawn of time.
Think about your identity for a moment, who you are, and all the different things that have, have fitted together to make you the person that you are. Your family. They might be with you now as you're watching this service, or, or maybe you have a picture that you can look at and reflect on. These are the people who, for better or for worse, have shaped and moulded your life. They are part of forming your identity. Then there's your home. Probably the place where you're watching this at the moment, where you live. If you live in Horsham, then that's a great place to be based. But again, we're shaped and moulded by our environment. And sometimes, in difficult places, that can have a bad effect on us. Sometimes we can flourish. If we're in the right place, in the right surroundings, with the right people, it does us good. What about what you own? Maybe you own the house that you live in. But the things that surround you, your possessions, the things you've spent money on, what, what do they say about you, your priorities, your gifts, your loves, the things you enjoy? And to what extent have they shaped and moulded you over the years? And then there's always what you do, of course. Some of us will still be at work and we are defined to some extent by our jobs. Others of us may still be at school or college and we aspire to do something but we're shaped and moulded by what we learn. Others of us are retired. But over the decades of working, um, yes, that's had an effect on who we are. Some of us are unemployed and we are affected actually by the lack of boundaries that that brings. All of these things go to make up who we are as people. What about God? He has had a hand in all of this. He's the one who through everything has sought to shape and mould and create and fashion you as a son or a daughter in his own image. And, and we can't be aware of him quite so much all the time. We're not surrounded by him as we are surrounded by other things. But he's there, a hidden presence guiding our lives. And all these other things don't intentionally make us who we are, but God does. Why not put your life in his hands this morning and ask him to work in you, to make you the best person you can be with the raw material you place in his hands. It's what he wants for you. And if you ask him to do that, he finds it so much easier to work with us if we allow him to shape and mould our lives. So let me lead you in prayer. Thank you, God, for all you are. You are my Father, you are my Maker, you are my Friend, you are my Saviour. And thank you that you are all these things all the time. Thank you that I find who I am in the knowledge of your love for me. Thank you that my identity comes from who you say I am. Not from the world, not from the pressure of circumstances, not from the perspective I get when viewing my life through my own broken lens. Thank you that your scriptures say I am your child. I am a friend of Jesus Christ. I am one with you by the Holy Spirit. 
I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. You've made me holy. I am a co-heir with Christ. I have authority in your name over all the power of the enemy. Thank you for all those building blocks you've used to make me who I am. Thank you for all I've learned from my past. Thank you that on a daily basis you are with me here and now. Thank you for the peace I receive through knowing you and the joy that brings me from time to time. And thank you too for my future hope. Thank you for all the work you have yet for me to do and for the promise of eternal life beyond that. Thank you for all I have as my inheritance because you have adopted me as your child. Help me, Lord. Show me who I am in you and help me to live out my identity in you for your glory, for the good of those around me. For I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
The first reading today is taken from Matthew 13, verses 24 to 35. The Parable of the Weeds Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the seed weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Also the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch on its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in, into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I feel lost. I confess, Lord, that sometimes the questions are too many. I confess, Lord, that sometimes the answers don't come. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I know what is right and don't do it. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I don't even know what is right. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I listen to other people more than I listen to you. I confess, Lord, that sometimes it is easier to be moral than it is to be holy. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I want to give up. What difference can I make? I confess, Lord, that sometimes my choices don't match my words. I confess, Lord, that sometimes your mystery scares me. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I forget that you are a God of action. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I feel lost. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I feel lost. Find yourself in me. I confess, Lord, that sometimes the questions are too many. Concentrate on how much I love you. I confess, Lord, that sometimes the answers don't come. I have the answers. Don't worry about that. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I know what is right and don't do it. I know. I forgive you. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I don't even know what is right. That's okay. My spirit will guide you. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I listen to other people more than I listen to you. Humans tend to do that. Thank you for saying sorry. Please keep trying. I confess, Lord, that sometimes it is easier to be moral than it is to be holy. Look to my word. It will be a lamp to guide you. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I want to give up. 
What difference can I make? You are the difference. You are my plan to love the world. I confess, Lord, that sometimes my choices don't match my words. I will give you new strength every morning. I confess, Lord, that sometimes your mystery scares me. Fear and awe is probably the correct response. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I forget that you are a God of action. Don't worry, I will remind you. I confess, Lord, that sometimes I feel lost. I have found you, I am with you, and I love you.
Good morning and welcome to you all. We come now to bring our prayers to Almighty God. And it's an enormous privilege and responsibility. An awesome task indeed. So, let us pray. Father God, we come to pray for this confused and broken world that we inhabit. You are the God of all. You hold the depths of the earth in your hands. And all eternity is yours. But you are closer to us than the very air we breathe. Merciful God, fill our souls with all the fullness of your wonderful love and light. Give us the strength and the courage to reflect your love into the world that we inhabit each day. Renew us, we pray, a sense of joy as we consider the wonder and the power of your love and salvation. Holy Spirit, fill us with hope as I bring these prayers for a world so often darkened by hatred, by evil, and the outcomes of power and greed. And Father, Covid has changed everything. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that we will seek out your inspiration to make us ready and prepared to go into the world and proclaim the good news and forgiveness and freedom that it needs to hear. Making the good news known is a joy and a responsibility we all share. Jesus, you have called us to go into all the world. Into the world we will inhabit tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. So, dear Father, give us the courage and the willingness to be your witnesses in ways that are generous, respectful and open-hearted. Lord, fill us with your love so that through us, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the world in which we share may believe. But God, O oh Father, we come now to talk with you about matters that are of great concern to those we love, to those we know well, and to those we will never know. But we are glad that they are all fully known to you. We pray for those who suffer in difficult or abusive relationships. Relationships that undermine their self-image, leaving them lost in a fog of self-loathing, creating outcomes of physical self-harm and mental disorder. The COVID-19 lockdown means that so many have had little opportunity to be free from those who may pose a daily threat to their well-being. Father, help all those who struggle in such stressful circumstances. May they take advantage of the healing and restoration you long to give them. Ease their pain and strengthen their hearts, we pray. And bless all those who work to ease the burden that falls on these people. Hear us, Lord, we ask. And then, Father God, we want to thank you for your creation. It is so beautiful and sustaining for our life, our health and our mental and physical well-being. But sadly, we have not been wise in our use of all the good things you have provided for us. And we've been party in looting the world's resources. We have witnessed the way in which the outcomes of COVID-19 have, at great cost to humanity in general, brought about positive benefits in creation. Help us, Father, to act more responsibly in our use of the benefits you have provided for us. May we determine to be good stewards of all you have given us 
and honour you through the good choices we make by avoiding those that only fit our own, our own convenience. Loving Father, may our worship always be reflected in our good utilisation of your creation. Help us, Father, to please you in every activity of our lives. Father, so many people are still grieving the loss of loved ones and as a result, COVID-19 are in much need of support. They need comfort. And so we pray for all who mourn. May they be comforted. I pray for the NHS as it deals with a significant backlog of testing and consultation that's creating much concern and worry among patients. Aid the NHS in all its efforts, we pray, to catch up on these back on the backlog that people might feel more happy and settled. We pray for wisdom for our government as they seek solutions to the many, many issues faced by our nation. And Father, we pray that you will prosper the efforts of all those who work to develop an effective vaccine for COVID-19. Give them early success, we pray. So, our loving God, you have chosen us, called us to be your children and agents of your love in the world. Loving God, we choose you to be the centre of our lives. We choose the way of love. We choose the way of life. We choose the way of Christ our Saviour. Loving God, you have chosen us and we are your people. We have chosen you and you are our eternal Lord. So please hear these prayers that we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Their second reading is from Matthew 13, verses 36 to 43. The parable of the weeds explained. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear.
Good morning. During this time of lockdown, uh, many of us have used some of our time to spend a little bit more of it out in the garden. Now I know some of you are amazing gardeners and have immaculate gardens. I, on the other hand, am no expert and yet I have actually really enjoyed being out there a little bit more and I'm really grateful that I have a garden to enjoy. My problem is that I have a real, in my ignorance, I have a real difficulty in sometimes when those seedlings come through, working out, is that, is that a plant that I've sown or is it just a weed? Do I have to nurture it or do I need to root it out? My mum has always taught me that a weed is only a plant that's growing in the wrong place. But our reading for today does take slight issue with that because the plant we're going to look at, well, quite frankly, you don't want it anywhere. Our text from Matthew is part of a section where a number, seven in fact, a number of parables are recorded. Last week, Michael reminded us of the parable of the sower. Well, this week is the parable of the weeds. So continuing the agricultural theme. All seven parables are there to encourage the disciples, the followers of Jesus but they also deal with the reality of opposition and evil in this world. The key thing is that though opposition to Christ and evil do exist, they do not define the ultimate outcome for God's kingdom and those who are citizens of it. So verse 24 of chapter 13 reads, the kingdom of God is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. This weed that is sown was a type of zinzania, and I do apologise for the horticulturalists amongst us, or darnel, I think it might be called. This plant bears a very close resemblance to wheat until the ears appear much later in its growth and it bears a sort of purplish grain. In the meantime, therefore, it grows alongside the wheat, intertwining its roots so that they can't be separated. But separation is really necessary, as darnel is bitter to the taste and is actually toxic, and it would ruin any batch of flour that it was in. So what's one to do? The servants of the farmer couldn't understand it. Sir! Didn't you plant good seed in the field? Where do the weeds come from? An enemy did this, is the reply. Now, apparently, this is a well-known act of um, first century sabotage um, to the extent that the Romans had a law against it. Well, the servants are keen to get going and yank out those weeds, but the farmer says, no, he knows best. He knows that if the servants attempt to do that, they will actually uproot the weeds, but the wheat as well. They'll do more harm than good. So here we have Jesus dealing with a really practical problem. In, in all areas of God's world, his field, there is bad mixed with good. And sometimes it's just really difficult to tell them apart. Martin Luther said, the devil is God's ape. 
So often it's difficult to discern what is right, what is truth, what is godly. We live in the age of fake news. As McLaren writes, every truth has its counterfeit. Neither institutions, nor principles, nor movements, nor individuals bear unmingled crops of good. Like the servants, we might ask, where do all the weeds come from? We look at God's world, our own lives, and see good and evil, that which we want and that which we don't want, and they grow side by side. The wheat and the weed stand together in our world and in our lives. The good news, as Michael Marsh, an American priest and writer, puts it, is that Jesus shows more interest in growth than extermination. The farmer in the parable says to his servants, let both grow together until the harvest. The farmer is patient. God is patient with his world. We then are called to patience and have trusting faith in him. To withhold action before we do more harm than good. Unlike God, we don't know the hearts and minds of other people or where their lives might take them or indeed the potential for redemption. And we may do more harm than good. Now that doesn't mean we shouldn't speak out against injustice. We're not to tolerate the intolerable. Jesus was all about upholding the weak and oppressed. After all, that's who he said he had come for. No, this is a word for those times when folk are frustratingly slow to respond positively. Or that individual is rude, aggressive or obstructive. Again, it's a reminder that God's field, though made perfect, is not so much now and that includes us we are sinners who have a hope living amongst sinners who do not know that hope so as we grow receiving the warmth of God's grace so we must be willing to extend that to others we are called to love and not judge and to have patience and trusting faith that this is not how it will always be though now it seems evil is rewarded even celebrated remember the weeds do not overcome the field the harvest does come and the farmer does ensure the wheat the the, um, the weeds are destroyed. In the same way, God's kingdom cannot be overcome by evil. When times feel at their darkest, God is being patient with his world. And there's time, opportunity for growth. And ultimately, evil will meet its deserved end. So in turn... We should be patient and trust that God will separate the good from bad on Judgment Day. It's interesting that in the explanation given from verses 36 to 43, it's done so privately, 
all the crowd hears the story, but the explanation is given to the disciples in a house. Do bear in mind, within these walls, we share the company of Judas, who betrayed Jesus, Peter, who denied him, Thomas, who doubted him, and James and John, who at times, they just put their own self-interest was foremost. My point is that all too often we can say, I'm not the baddie in the story and, and only apply the happy stuff to ourselves and, and perhaps revel in the reward and, and even gloat at what we've managed to avoid. The wailing and the gnashing of teeth. But the company we keep in this house is not perfect. And yet they were chosen by Jesus. Given grace and with it the responsibility to share the good news of God's kingdom with others. And in all this we share. Having said that, go out into the world with its good and bad, wheat and weed, knowing that there is a day when the day of judgment will come, when the time of harvest has arrived. The wheat will be gathered and brought into the barn. We shall be home with him who created us. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Amen.
God who sows and God who reaps, God who allows growth even in hard places, God who waits patiently for the right time, send us out now into the fields of your world, to plant hope amidst the weeds and deeds of life, and then may we learn to scatter love wisely till you gather us in once more. Is impossible.